0: Hi, folks. This is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat-Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. Today, we're here with my good buddy, Mr. Sean Stevenson. He's the author and host of The Model Health Show. It's an awesome podcast. You should check that out. You're about to learn how to upgrade your mental performance, physical recovery, and energy with rock-solid sleep. But before we get to the show, I want to share a quick comment that just came in from Andrew. About last week's episode of Fat-Burning Man, that one was with Jay Cardiello, who's co-star of ABC's My Diet Is Better Than Yours TV show. So Andrew says, the TV show made all of the trainers look insane. (laughs) You do such a good job with these interviews of humanizing everyone and letting them present their positions in an authentic way. So much more interesting than seeing their caricatures on television. So thank you so much for that, Andrew. I really do appreciate that and take it to heart. This is exactly why I host my own show, so we can make sure that people like Jay can spread knowledge about health outside the confines of the traditional media machine. So to get you in the mood for this topical interview about sleep, here are a few sleep hacks to help you catch even more fat-burning, muscle-building, appetite-controlling Zs. Number one, get some sunshine when you wake up in the morning. This will help normalize your circadian rhythm, your body's hormone production clock. I walk the dog or do a quick workout outside in the sun most mornings, and I can tell you firsthand it definitely helps with mental alertness, especially in the morning, but even more than that, making sure that your waking up and alert at the right time so that you can be sleepy at the right time is definitely something you can do with that sun in the morning to dial in those circadian rhythms. So try that. And there are some biohacks to do that too if you can't get physical sun, but we can talk about that later. Number two, have a caffeine curfew. I try to avoid caffeine afternoon. If I'm being naughty, I might cut it off by around two or even 3 p.m. But being strict about your caffeine curfew works wonders when you're trying to improve recovery and get better sleep. Number three, try calming herbs like chamomile and lavender if you want to go to sleep. Smelling these always reminds me of being tucked into bed by mom back in the day. She's an herbalist. She's down there in Florida. Hi, mom, (laughs) if you're listening. Uh, And I've actually had some requests to have fat-burning mom back on the show. So I'll see what I can do in that regard. Uh, that was It's been a while now since mom has been on the show, but I think you guys will really appreciate it. She has a lot of things to say and I think she'll approve this, this point. So if you're feeling like you want to go to sleep, have a warm mug of chamomile tea or try diffusing lavender essential oil in your bedroom. Kava tea is another one of my go-to nightcaps that we picked up in Fiji. And I'm going to be honest, it tastes like dirt, but it gives a nice relaxing vibe that can kind of snap you out of that crazy brain that you might get at the end of the day before you hit the sack. So if you want more tips and tricks like these to improve your sleep, performance, and recovery, you can join our online community, The Fat-Burning Tribe. We have thousands of people all across the world who have dropped fat, shattered personal bests and races in the gym, all while eating some of the best food they've ever tasted. My wife, Allison, and I, we created this private group to share Tasty recipes, fat-burning workouts, and healthy living courses all in one place. And Allison and I hop in front of the camera at least once a month and a lot more lately, especially now we have reliable internet, which is fantastic for the first time in like two years. Anyway, and and we can answer your questions, uh, anything you're thinking about, about how to upgrade your health in a world That's often full of conflicting and confusing information. We update the members area at least three times a week with a new video, recipe, article, or exclusive giveaway to help you get in the best shape of your life as quickly as possible. So right now you can join us for just $1 for your first month. All you have to do is go to FatBurningTribe.com today to get your listener discount. That's FatBurningTribe.com. Com. And if you're already a member, don't forget to check out our new content and videos about sleep and performance. And we have another really exciting giveaway coming up soon. All right, on to today's show with Sean Stevenson, author of Sleep Smarter. You're about to learn how sleep can make you muscular, skinny, fat, or anything in between. You'll learn the mechanism behind how sleep affects your gene expression. Also, how sleep deprivation can destroy the benefits of exercise and even accelerate aging and much more. All right, let's go hang out with Sean. All right, folks. Sean Stevenson is the irresistible crooner behind the mic of his terrific podcast, The Model Health Show. I'm just going to say, too, that Sean is smiling every single time I see him. He's a terrific guy who truly walks the walk. Sean, I'm so stoked that you're here, man.
1: You know, it's my pleasure, man. It's so good to see you and to talk to you again, man. It's, it's totally my pleasure.
0: Awesome. So we were just geeking out offline before this interview. Yeah about something that's, that's new and in your book about sleep. Can we please talk about this? It's the genetic relationship between your quality of sleep and what actually happens with your own epigenetics.
1: Yes, absolutely. So as you know, there's this booming field of science called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is that for many years, we all kind of thought that we were under genetic control. So my genes are determining how fat or skinny i might be my genes are determining if i have heart disease or diabetes my genes are determining my attitude right i've got i'm angry all the time because it's in my genes right so we're just kind of started to buy into that and what that really led to was an opportunity to buy drugs to help modulate what's going on and suppress those particular genes you know and the more problems that we have the more drugs that can be manufactured Mm -hmm. now this isn't a conspiracy or anything like that it's just the reality of kind of how the system Works and just looking at also, you know, finding a way to help people to get from point A to point B, but through treating symptoms rather than underlying cause. But this booming field of science, which is called epigenetics, looks at what's above genetic control. So, epi meaning above, like our epidermis is our outermost par- portion of our skin above the dermis. And epigenetics is really, in, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton is just kind of one of the forefathers of this understanding, is really looking at those things that influence what your genes are actually doing. And when I say that it's kind of a little tongue in cheek because your genes don't actually do anything. They're more of like a printout or a blueprint of what's possible. You know, we all have a certain amount of genes and there's so many genes that are have a potential expression. So we have what's been found recently, and this was just within the last couple of decades, that we only share as human beings about twenty thousand different genes. All right, give or take. They initially thought, and we, fruit flies have more genetic variation than we do, <laughs> right? which is crazy, right? Yeah. So we're all so closely related. So how do we all look so different? How do we have so many different expressions and we're just kind of dealing with the same 20,000-ish genes? And yes. this is because of these epigenetic influences, which number one is your environment. And that means the things that you're exposed to externally, your external environment, and also your internal environment, obviously. you know, And that's really what you have the utmost control over. Of what's going on into your internal world and that's going to lead to certain genes getting expressed and certain genes being dormant if it Mm -hmm. were and so for me personally and you know i you talked about this the last time i was on your show when i was 20 years old i was diagnosed with degenerative bone condition or degenerative disc disease so the spine uh vertebrae in my in my spine and my disc in my spine were deteriorating and i didn't share this one story uh, that i actually share in sleep smarter which is when I was 15, I, my hip broke just from running, mm-hmm. right? I was so brittle inside and breaking down. And what was happening, that is one of my genetic predispositions. And that gene had activated to have that express. Long story short, you know, I was able to tur- essentially turn that gene off. And by, by the way, even when I'm saying this guys, for the people who really are sound about their science, you can't actually turn a gene off or right. turn it on. It's just what's showing up. And so I was able to turn that around to you know, getting a scan done nine months later after, tur- you know, turning my health around and focusing on the right stuff, regenerating my tissue, actually grew a half an inch in height that I had lost about three fourths of an inch. Wow. And the doctor's just kind of like, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: had to fire my doctor, you know. And so, but I, and that led me on a journey to meeting so many incredible physicians and practitioners, health practitioners over the years, who really just helped to affirm what I know now, which is, you have the utmost control over what your genes are doing to a large extent. And so as this relates to sleep, and to bring this all around, so this was research published in Current Neurology and Neuroscience Reports. And they found that sleep plays a huge role on the expression of your DNA and RNA, Mm -hmm. all right? So this is what we're talking about this. Your DNA determines what printouts are coming of you, all right? So whatever you see when you look in the mirror, that's a certain version of yourself you know, and depending on what your DNA is doing, you can start to print out crappy copies yeah. of yourself or better copies. And so what was actually expressed specifically in current neurology and neuroscience was that, and this is what they said, epigenetic mechanisms are clearly regulated by the circadian clock. Okay. So what you're doing with your circadian clock, and this is really how it kind of lined up with nature and in particular with your sleep, yeah. is determining what your genes are doing. Right. So again, we're talking about what type of printout you're going to get you know are you going to get that healthy vitality version of yourself or are you going to get the kind of broken down mm-hmm. soggy you know scooby-doo mystery version of yourself <laughs> so this is what we have the power to manipulate able is like pointing our attention back to 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 health and sleep health overall
0: yeah and i, I think it's just one of those another example hopefully that will off in people's heads of some some reason to pay attention to sleep because I, I've mentioned it so many times on the show. It's like, yes, eat right, go out there and move. But really, sleep. That is your secret weapon. It's something that will completely transform your life. One of the things that I'd like to talk about a little bit later is how exactly to do that. But first, let's talk a little bit more about what happens when you are sleep-deprived. When I was reading your book, I was surprised, but in somewhat unsurprised, I guess, but it was the first time I'd seen this that the prefrontal cortex of your brain essentially loses 12 to 14 percent of its glucose when you're not sleeping properly can you talk a little bit about why that's important
1: sure sure and i just want to piggyback on what you said earlier which is you talk about this stuff a lot a lot of great health experts in our field talk about this but let's just be real man sleep isn't necessarily a sexy topic you know it's not as sexy as the next new diet you know right uh, the next flashy uh, exercise program, you know, that's just insane, like insane times 50,000, you know, and just that's sexy stuff. Versus, yeah. hey, you can actually get more results by doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That's very hard for our modern mind to process. It is. you know, and understanding that your body is actually changing from that great workout, assimilating the nutrition, the great food you're taking in while you're asleep. It's turning that into you right. and getting rid of the stuff that's not you most of that process is happening while you're asleep. You mm-hmm. really have to get that, you know, because if you and I were going to a gym, which we need to get workout in together, man. But we're yeah, going into, or for you, we're going out in the forest and we're standing there and we're looking at what we're about to do. We're in better shape right then than after the workout. Right. After work's over, if we go and get you some blood work done, you know, I take you down, and we get a blood panel done, hormone panel, your inflammatory biomarkers are going to be elevated. Yeah. Your hormones are going to be a little bit wonky. Cortisol is going to be up. You're going to probably have a little bit of weirdness in your blood sugar, we might even be able to get you diagnosed with something. Yeah. Right. And all you did was- we'll just, definitely
0: try anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. You just did a great workout and that's known as a hormetic stressor, right? So this is, some, this is a stressor, a potentially healthy stressor, as long as you get the rest and recovery that your body needs. And that's during mostly anabolic deep sleep, which we'll talk about more in a moment. So yeah. the component what you just mentioned of what's going on with the brain, this also ties in with a, a lot with weight loss. So when you're sleep deprived, you're going to be losing, and this is just 24 hours of sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. about 6% of the glucose reaching your brain, right? So, but that's not shared equally throughout the brain. As you mentioned, right. it's 12 to 14% is your prefrontal cortex. That's the more evolved part of you. That's the part of your brain responsible for decision-making, you know, mm-hmm. distinguishing between right and wrong, controlled, quote, willpower. And that part of your brain starts to be, it starts to starve. Right. So you start to get, in essence, We'll just say a little dumber, right? You're just a yeah, it's, little. It's bit. the
0: thing that the, so the prefrontal cortex is essentially the thing that separates us from apes. Yes. <laughs> so You slowly become more and more of uh, an ape exactly. of some kind. So you
1: become like the planet of the apes version of yourself, <laughs> or you know, I, I said uh, the little dumber, and I thought of Dumb and Dumber. You become yeah. the little Christmas version of yourself, you know, minus the chipped tooth. But it's just you're changing. You're changing yourself at a fundamental level. Now we're getting into a situation where if you told yourself, I'm, I'm gonna start eating, you know, I'm gonna start doing the wild diet and I'm gonna eat great and I'm gonna do uh, what Abel James recommends for exercise or what Sean Stevens recommends for exercise, I'm changing my life today.
0: Yeah. And all of
1: a sudden you find yourself two, three o'clock in the morning and you're doing the laptop lap dance, you know, watching um, you know, Netflix or whatever the case may be. And th- that hunger comes on, you know? And never in the history of the world have I heard somebody say, and I don't know if you have, you know, they're up two, three o'clock in the morning doing whatever, and they're like, you know what? I want some broccoli right now. Like, I'm just <laughs> crave so broccoli. It doesn't happen, right? right. Nobody's like, you know what? I'm gonna go make me a salad real quick, you yeah. know. No, you're gonna want the chips, you're gonna want the ice cream, you're gonna want the cookies, you're gonna want and this is a very powerful, this is due to evolutionary biology. You're hardwired to seek that nutrient, that nutrition to get that energy back to your brain. Because through evolution, if you start to lose that glucose and ability to modulate danger, to procure your food, Mm -hmm. right? And you lose that ability to do that thing. That could mean an end of your gene pool. That could be an end to you being able to keep the human race going. So your body's going to compel you to get that energy back to your brain. And if you've ever had a cookie, your brain remembers, hey, quick source of glucose there. It's going to spike it, but then you're going to crash, and then you get into that whole cycle. So this is why it's important to make sure, again, it's not just about the food. As a matter of fact, you're, you're going to be dictated dictating what you're going to eat based on your sleep quality. It's not the exercise as well. That's an important part, but if you don't get your sleep healthy, then you're not healthy.
0: Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I kind of struggle with, I, I definitely used to struggle with, is how do you balance getting up early, which is important to a lot of productivity, Mm. Many people focus on you know getting up earlier than everyone else. Then you'll get your perfect morning, and especially entrepreneurs, you know, and, and type A personalities. How do you balance that with actually getting enough sleep? Because a lot of times you don't see the the going to bed early, which you know is a necessity of making that style work. So how do you balance those things?
1: Well, this is getting to the the Winnie the Pooh adage. You know, I have a four year old, and you know, so we're reading the the Winnie the Pooh epic uh human i mean uh american masterpiece winnie the pooh Mm -hmm. early to bed early to rise makes a bear healthy and happy besides yeah and there's this is kind of ingrained in our culture like we know the early bird gets the worm and that whole thing but i'm actually demonstrating research showing how people that are quote morning people tend to be more successful in Mm -hmm. business overall Mm -hmm. you know and of course there are people who are you know quote night owls who are crushing it in in life and just doing some amazing things and uh, some people feel that their creativity is even sparked in that in that time frame. Sure. But overall, as a general, you know, with the general popul- population, we have to understand, number one, we've really kind of tried to, to press on evolution to become, quote, night owls. Literally, first of all, you're not an owl. Yeah, not an owl. All right. Fair. And only recently in, in human civilization have we been able to es- essentially manufacture a second daytime, mm-hmm. you know. We're out of sync with nature. Like when the lights go out on the planet, that, our cure, uh, that was our cue to, sh- to seek shelter right. through most of our evolution. You know, only recently, you know, even with the advent of, you know, even lamps, you know, like I'm talking about using fire, you know, yeah. and I just thought about torch. Like my wife is from Kenya, so she'll say a torch. You lit a torch. Sure. That <laughs> sounds like Indiana Jones stuff, but she just It, it. We're just going
0: to so, light up some whale blubber. <laughs> Read a novel.
1: And so just understanding, you know, we're we're at a really interesting time where we can basically ignore what nature is saying to us, you know, and the thing is, we're really, it's not really that simple because we're getting feedback, you know, we're getting very deep biological feedback that something is wrong, you know, for some people, it might be experienced as, you know, chronic migraines, for other people, it might be an inability to lose weight, you know, um, it might be depression, you know, you're going to start to have symptoms when you're out of sync with life,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, but we can just kind of push the snooze button on those alarms, you know, by taking medication and essentially ignoring the problem. But bottom line, with, when we're talking about success, so I, sh- I want to share this study. So there was a physician study, and this was actually done on physicians, and they had them to complete a task, right? So they did this certain task, then they sleep deprived them for just 24 hours. And they We're came back. normal
0: for them, right?
1: <laughs> exactly, yes, yes. I've worked with, you know, working at a university for so many years, I've worked with so many nurses. Mm-hmm. Man, it's just, it's wrong. It's wrong what they have to go through mm-hmm. in order to, to help other people. That's, that was what they get into it for. And they, they're not able to even help themselves, you know, right. because of, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but so they completed a task, sleep deprived for 24 hours, came back, back to do the same exact task, mm-hmm. all right? Here's what happened. They made 20% more mistakes doing the same exact thing, okay? And it took them 14% longer to do the same exact thing. Only difference is they're sleep deprived now. So what we're doing by thinking that, you know, uh, I'm just gonna stay up late and get this thing done, Mm -hmm. you're sacrificing the quality of your work. You're sacrificing your effectiveness, you know, because there's a difference between doing work and being effective. You bring the best of you to the table when you get onto a normal rhythm or a normal sleep cycle, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go to bed at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. or get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, it might be 8 o'clock. You know, you might get to bed at midnight. I'm not a big stickler for that. Yeah. I'm more so of how do we stack the conditions in your favor to make sure that you're getting the best quality sleep possible. And that time frame does play a small part, and we could talk about that. But there are so many other strategies to stack the conditions in your favor to make you are getting great sleep every night.
0: And it's kind of weird, though, because – there is a second win that happens, right? right? When you're, especially if, if you're in college or you need to stay up studying or even earlier than that, you kind of get used to just like, ah, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. And then you just power through it somehow. And then you're up, you know, till midnight, till two in the morning. You're still, you, you, you like kind of come to as one of those half sleeps, right? And you're looking at your laptop or whatever and just kind of, you realize you're not actually doing anything, <laughs> but you're still kind of awake. Yeah. And, I've found that avoiding that state, that, that state basically at all costs, allows me to stay on the same schedule. But as soon as you push it, as soon as you try to say like, nope, got to do this tonight, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to do this thing, it, kinda, it doesn't just mess you up that night, it yes. starts to spill over into the days and the nights that come ahead. So what are some strategies to make sure that you kind of nip that in the bud, that, that second win before it happens?
1: Yes. And so what you're talking about is accumulating what's being called now sleep debt, Mm -hmm. right? Sleep debt. And I promise you, this is not like a debt to a buddy of yours. It's more like a debt to like Vinny, you know, like the strong arm guy. Right. he will have you sleeping with the fishes, you know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of difficult to pay this back if it becomes chronic, you know, a, a day or two, you know, it's okay. Your body is really equipped to clean up that metabolic chaos that happens really, really quickly by you being sleep deprived. But to avoid this in the first place, it's really important to understand. So what you're referring to is what's called money time. We call this money time sleep. And according to the research, between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is kind of the biggest anabolic window. Yeah. All right? And by the way, guys, I really want you to understand it's not laced in stone or carved out in stone. Um, this is something that depends on the time of year. It depends on what time zone you're in. It depends sure. on how far you go from the equator. There's so many other factors. So when I say 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., it's not okay. like... This just is generally okay. um,
0: directionally accurate. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: and so just understand, this, this time period, so when I say anabolic window, this is when you're producing the greatest amount of anabolic hormones, potentially if you're asleep during this time, mm-hmm. and also reparative enzymes. So your body starts to wind down actually around, we'll just say, again, just 9 p.m. And this isn't cut in stone, guys. This is yeah. like a general place. But when it gets dark outside, you know, and just are just kind of just spot on, maybe an hour or two pretty much most of the year, uh, within that time period, melatonin is naturally going to rise. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have this increase in, in enzymatic reparative processes. Mm-hmm. And that is for the sole purpose of repairing your tissues, repairing your body, repairing your brain. However, if you stay up past that, window what happens is this energy second wind which is that energy that's your body is kind of secreted and released for repair has been used to now keep you awake and we've all had this experience happen where we're like we're driving home and it's like five o'clock and the sun's starting to come down and you are yawning it's like yeah i'm gonna go i gotta get to bed early tonight and then 10 o'clock rolls around and you're watching tv and you're just like well i'm up you know or you're cruising around on the internet and all of a sudden you have this second wind and you're not tired anymore so that's That's kind of giving people a snapshot of what's happening there. And so how do we avoid that? Well, number one, it's paying more attention to your body's normal psychological rhythms. Mm -hmm. And so here, Abel, this is something that's pretty cool. So we don't get ready for sleep anymore. We get ready for a date. We get ready for, we get ready to go out to eat. We get ready for dinner. We get ready for our day, but we don't get ready for bed. We just kind of stumble into it today. You know, a lot of us, you know, we kiss our phone goodnight. And then we get to bed, you know, we say goodbye to our electronics and just hope we get some sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: Instead of setting yourself up for a great night of sleep. And so one of those big cues, and this has been shared a lot. And by the way, so I've been talking about this stuff for about half a decade now and getting this kind of lexicon out to the public. So a lot of people have heard of some of this stuff. I'm not going to say it came from me, but it might have came from me.
0: All It probably came from Dave Dave Asprey, our friend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so, of course, Dave has been on top of his game as well. So this is something important is that our electronics and what I'm really pushing to the forefront now in Sleep Smarter in my book is talking about the fact that this isn't as easy set easy as done, you know, yeah. when just saying, hey, get, give yourself a, a screen curfew, you know, get off the electronics an hour, an hour and a half before bed and you're going to get better sleep. So number one, why that, why that works. So there's a study done at Rensselaer Polytechnic found that two hours of iPad use before bed was enough to suppress melatonin. Yeah. All right. So just being on your device, melatonin is down. And guess what? Melatonin and cortisol have an inverse relationship. So guess what's up? It's cortisol. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you can pass out from exhaustion, but you're not going to get that high-quality sleep because right. melatonin is really the get-good-sleep hormone. And so melatonin is a big player in this whole, whole thing. But getting on your, on your devices before bed, wow, let me tell you, it's hard. It's very, very, very difficult to just say, to go cold turkey, let me put it like yeah. that. And this is because, and I'll just share this with your audience because like to geek out with me, is um, something called dopamine, dopamine. And dopamine, it's not that the device is causing a secretion of dopamine. Dopamine is about seeking. So dopamine is a really exciting type of feeling that it creates in your body. And it's all about seeking. So what's so great about the internet or not so great is that there's infinite amount of information to seek. And I know everybody's had the experience of going online. Maybe you're Googling the wild diet, and then like two hours later, you're like looking at uh, hunting videos or something, you know, it's like it took you down the internet black hole or maybe something totally different. Mm-hmm. Like you're watching uh, Aziz Ansari videos from Parks and Recreation, I don't know. Sure. But you've been sucked into the internet black hole. And it's because the, su- the seeking brain, but then you also get this instant gratification. Social media is perfect, perfect for this as well. Like Instagram, for example, I think Instagram is great, but you just gotta be careful, you gotta be conscious of it because Dopamine is getting secreted as you, you want to find more, you want to keep seeking more. And every time you see something, you get a little bit of an opioid hit. Right. right? So, yeah. And you start to get addicted. It's just instant seeking, finding, seeking, finding. And just to say, hey, get off your device before you go to bed is really not that simple. So instead, I like to employ those hacks of you know, making sure that you're using a, a filter for your device. You know? So for my Mac, we've got Flux, L U X which basically cools off your screen because Harvard researchers found that it's not just the light. It's not the light. It's also the color of light mm-hmm. and also the luxe, you know, so the, the illuminance, the luminance of the light itself. And so being able to kind of turn the lights down, cool your screen off is going to help your body to be better able to produce melatonin yeah. and take cortisol down. Now, the issue is that the best thing is to give that screen curfew, you know, so start to Find ways, and really quick, Abel, what I would recommend is, and this is, this is tough, this is tough, unless you absolutely love it, just like the wild diet, you know, giving people more options and things to love versus worrying about the things they're not getting. Yeah. So being on your device is pretty addictive, but you've got to replace it with something that is equally or more fulfilling to you. Mm-hmm. So I recommend actually talking to somebody that you love. Yeah. You know, have sex, have a great meal, have great conversation. Ah, uh, read a book that you have really been wanting to read. You know, find something to put in that place that really fulfills you. You got to find that thing for yourself. You know, right. and experiment, do different things, so you kind of to put that fire out, and so that you can get some better sleep at night.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, I like that you brought up that we don't get ready for sleep anymore because it just like started playing this reel in my head. Those old, you remember those old Disney movies? Everyone's always getting in their pajamas, and putting their nightcap yeah. on, and hanging out with their cat, it's getting ready to go to sleep too. It's like this whole. Ritual part of the day that everyone had. I know in your book you talk about the importance of wearing pajamas, which I think you know it's it's totally true. I'm I'm sure you can relate to this. You know, being an entrepreneur, someone who works from home, one of the most important things I do if I feel like I'm dragging a little bit is a state change. You know, Mm. you want to make sure that you're still looking good, you're feeling good. You're basically when I put my work pants on, that's why they call them work pants. You feel like you want to work, right? You take that shower, you feel like you're ready to go get the day. Same thing happens at night, though. If you do have like a little pajama type thing, that can be a mental trigger that can really help you cool, cool off yourself, get rid of all those nagging thoughts and be like, okay, now it's time to go to sleep.
1: Yes, man. You just said it. Even the word pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like comforting. You know, it's this neural. It? So, yeah,
0: it's all comfy right now.
1: You know, and this happens with so many things, especially when it comes to sleep. You know, when we put on our pajamas, we feel cozy. We feel mm-hmm. safe. But it doesn't necessarily for the people who, who like to sleep naked, shout out to you and I you yeah. know that's kind of pretty much how I sleep most of the time
0: yeah, yeah I'm, some- I'm a naked sleeper too, but there's something about pajamas there, there, there's some sort of mental trigger that you can give yourself that definitely works
1: exactly, and so that's one of those things that can help to facilitate that getting ready for bed uh, also is a classic thing is is taking a bath mm-hmm. and we got got to know how to do this right though so parents out there know that. It's like it's sleep medicine for kids, you know, yeah. getting the ice bath, reading a book and, you know, tucking them in that whole thing. It's part of that ritual. But for me, I really like to use magnesium. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people know about like Epsom salt, which is magnesium sulfate. Yep. So I've got some even better stuff that I just kind of pour into the bath water. And you can take a hot bath, but then you need to follow it up because if your core body temperature is too high mm-hmm. before you go to bed, that can cause some sleep disruption. Right. Because your, bo- your body is something called thermoregulation. It naturally drops down your core body temperature to facilitate all this anabolic stuff we were talking about. So I would follow that up with the cold shower, if you're going to do that, or just you know give yourself enough time, maybe you know two three hours before you go to bed if you're going to do that. It's Very very relaxing, It'd probably be hard to stay awake. Yeah. Uh, another thing that you can do is, and this is really something I got from Dr. Kelly Starrett, mm-hmm. and he said if there was one thing that he could add to the mix with Sleep Smarter as I was writing it, would be to talk about body work and the power yeah. that something he calls gut smashing right and the power to kind of activate that the vagus nerve right mm-hmm. and so the vagus nerve is essentially connecting your gut to your brain and what the research has found is that most of the information is going from the gut to the brain and not the other way yeah how
0: about that At
1: oftentimes telling your your brain what to do which mm-hmm. is so fascinating so um getting in and doing some work on what um you know like it's called like a princess ball you might find in those big crates at like Walmart. I've got one
0: right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sent me like a, a whole care pack for gut smashing and stuff like that. And I can tell you what when you when yeah. you really start and you don't have to have a ball it, it, it helps a lot. But even if you just start kind of like massaging your your stomach, your abdominal area, you, you'll be amazed by how much tension you're carrying there. And also, I don't know if this happens to you, Sean, but uh, it, it's you can feel something firing like a lot of times i'll get these memories of being a child and all these other things i I haven't thought of in years and it's you can tell that it's activating something in the nervous system that's that's really shifting the way your brain's working
1: dude what you just said might sound metaphysical but that's real stuff man (laughs) i've heard that before and experienced the same thing because our you know neurons that fire together wire together you know different i mean our bodies hold up tension and they hold up it's kind of stuck memories and stuck energy. Mm -hmm. And so moving that stuff around is really helpful. But um, as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be the the gut smashing with the princess ball, just self massage. And uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is um, a specific acupressure point Mm -hmm. that's clinically proven to elevate your body's secretion of melatonin, right? Just by applying pressure to that point. Yeah, How fascinating is that, you know? And so ancient wisdom has been talking about and teaching this stuff for so long and now our modern science is just proving what we were already supposed to know in the first place, which yeah. is so fascinating. It's
0: so cool. Now, one, of, one of the other things that I don't get to talk about very often on this show is is grounding and EMF pollution. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's important?
1: Absolutely. So this goes back to the beginning thing that we talked about, which is we are part of nature, mm-hmm. you know, and getting disconnected from that can be very, very damaging to our health in many different ways. So. The Earth's surface is just, it's literally brimming with free electrons, mm-hmm. right? It's free electrons. And so uh, inflammatory response is basically this unmatched pro- proton, right? And so we've got this unmatched event happening. And so bringing in an electron to neutralize that event basically neutralizes inflammation, all mm-hmm. right? So what's going on here is your body is conduct- Well, Let's start with this. This is the most important part of this whole thing with earthing is understanding... That your tissues are extremely conductive. All right, so mm-hmm. we know this because you've all shocked somebody, or somebody has shocked you just from touching you. Right, right? carrying that static electricity that builds up in your system. We know from seeing scary movies that if you're taking a bath and you know Michael Myers slash Freddy Krueger slash whoever the new person is today, and Will, Will-
0: Adam <laughs> Sandler probably.
1: He comes in. He's like do." and he throws a, a toaster into the bathwater. And he's watching. He goes, "Yeah, you're taking a bath for now, huh? and he's, you're gonna die <laughs> That's a very you're deep
0: deep.
1: right." And so it's just understanding that your body and your tissues are very, very conductive. You know, we don't really realize that. We think we're this solid kind of a uh, distinct entity from the rest of our environment, but you're very, very conductive. So. The earth itself is, like I mentioned, brimming with free electrons. So that energy is right there emanating from the surface. And by you getting your direct skin in contact with that, and you've got these kind of pro-inflammatory responses going on in your body from inflammation, you're immediately going to absorb those electrons. And again, this is clinically proven yeah. to eliminate those inflammatory responses and kind of you know, neutralize them, if I mean. So that's the thing to understand with earthing as far as inflammation. As far as sleep goes, So cool, man. So, earthing has been clinically proven to number one, decrease your nighttime cortisol. Mm All right. So, again, cortisol and melatonin have an inverse relationship, right? And so, when cortisol is up, melatonin is down. When melatonin is up, cortisol is down. And it's also been found to keep your cortisol levels normalized throughout the day, Mm -hmm. right? Number one, lower at night. Number two, keep it normalized during the day. Whereas people today, we tend to have higher overall levels of cortisol throughout the day. Right. And This is in large part, again, we're not connected to the very source. Even the food that we're eating, Abel, like, everything comes from that place, right? Every single nutrient. This is just getting you directly in contact with the earth, right? right. And so you're gonna normalize, help to normalize your sleep pattern. And so what's so fascinating, so basically what I'm talking about getting your, and let me share what's conductive. So grass, obviously, dirt, soil, uh, concrete is actually slightly conductive. You know that will work. Asphalt, not. All right. right? So those are just the thing. Uh, large bodies of water, sand. Those are some other things. And we know this when we go to the beach. You know, and sometimes we don't even make it off the beach, right. especially been away for so long. You're knocked out. Like your body is like syncing up with life itself, and it's such a rejuvenative sleep that you have that you get. You know, when you're out of town on vacation, versus when you're at home and you never touch, touch the earth.
0: Yeah. Now, what about sleep position? Because this is something that, that you definitely touched upon in your book. I know that it can be challenging for people to change their habits. So how can they make sure that they're sleeping in a, in a position that's especially good for their spine?
1: Wow, that is something right there, man. And, you know, we, we really don't think about this stuff because we just think we know how to do it right, right. you know, but get into some really interesting habits by our, you know, the way that we basically the way that we grow up, you know, and so... Um, Some of us had to sleep in the bed with another person when we were a kid. And so you're defending yourself at night. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And some of us, you know, just kind of fall into some bad habits. But bottom line is your sleep position actually matters quite a bit, Um, especially when we're talking about things like acid reflux, for example. All right. So changing your sleep position can actually help to suppress or eliminate that. You know, so some people it's just it's happening due to them, number one, eating probably late at night, but also their sleeping position. So changing that. Another thing is snoring and sleep apnea as well. So sleep apnea is basically you're, you're not breathing for periods of time. It could be a few seconds up to a few minutes, all right? And what it is, it's sort of like you're going to get a big spike of cortisol because it's sort of like a really, really weak person trying to choke you out. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of annoying. It's just enough to, it's just, just enough to be like, ah, oh, stop, get off. Me. You right. know, instead of pulling you right out of sleep. So you don't know what's happening for a lot of people with sleep apnea. And so their sleep cycles are getting interrupted, Mm -hmm. which is not just about that anabolic sleep we talked about. There's the non-REM sleep, which this is where memory processing is happening, for example, like you converting what you're learning here today on the Fat-Burning Man show into more of a solid long-term memory happens while you're asleep and getting great uh, REM sleep. This is the rapid eye movement sleep. And so that sleep cycle, you know, in and out of REM sleep, non-REM sleep and the stages in between get interrupted. And so what we want to do is kind of, again, stack conditions by also addressing things like sleep, sleep apnea and getting in the right position. So you're more likely to have uh, apnea if you're laying on your back, but then that's the position that they want you to be in when you put on the CPAP machine. <laughs> right. You're treating a symptom and not the underlying cause, which for a lot of people, you know, nine times out of 10 is because they have a lot of excess weight on their frame, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the CPAP can be used clinically as a great tool to transition you into a better lifestyle because a lot of people dealing with that Sleep apnea. Their energy is so low, right. and they're just struggling to even recover if they're doing any exercise or eating good food. This can give them a little bit of advantage to just get going. Mm-hmm. But the long-term goal is to not be married to that thing. You know, right. literally, it's getting in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, and so another thing is snoring. And for people out there that maybe they snore and their partners told them, or you sleep with the person who snores, yeah. it could be pretty tough. You know, yeah. it could be pretty tough. And all of us have the capacity to snore, let me say that. Sure. Um, but it's generally gonna happen more often for people with you know, um, a smaller breathing pathway, a large neck, mm-hmm. uh, again, a lot of excess weight on your frame. But there's some other things like smoking, mm-hmm. drinking alcohol. It starts to relax the muscles of the upper, upper air You're gonna be more likely to snore then. And I know some people know like, yeah, when I drink, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what my, my, my wife says and my husband. Sure. Uh, and also um, not being hydrated. Mm-hmm and, and eating, eating before bed and so like because you're creating some inflammation like it's still an inf- inflammatory response it's a hormetic stressor again right. but um, so making sure that and also cold stuff so eating things that are really cold before bed you're going to have a greater incidence and so these little nuggets like that and so changing your sleeping position is critical here because you're far more likely to, to snore if you're laying on your back mm-hmm. and this is the position they most often tell you to lay in you know the, right. the corpse position right or the, the soldier mm-hmm. you know And that can be beneficial as far as your spine alignment. But at the same time, what about your mattress? Like we can get into that whole conversation.
0: Yeah.
1: But what's really advantageous generally is going to be the winning side, which is sleeping on your side. Mm -hmm. And it's just a throwback. This is a a way back Wednesday or flashback Friday for everybody when you were in the womb. Guys, you remember? No, you don't remember. Of course not.
0: (laughs) You like to remember
1: fetal position. Yeah, it's yeah. there. It's there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and if you're maybe if you're gut smashing, it might come up. <laughs> exactly. you know? And so getting in that fetal position, you know, just kind of laying on your side in the right in the right way. And there's a way to do that, too. And I talk about that in the book. Yeah. But want to eliminate um, a, a greater incidence of snoring. And, you know, then, of course, laying on your belly is another option, mm-hmm. which man, I talk about some of the research as far as like even putting babies on their bellies. It's not necessarily the wrong thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've got the research to back it up because there's like acupressure points that are getting activated that the child never really gets to to turn on unless they're on their belly. And so laying on your belly can be advantageous for a few things, but you're going to have a greater incidence of probably early wrinkling because you're smashing your face into a pillow for eight hours, you know, skin problems potentially, and also, you know, a greater incidence of things like back problems, yeah. you know, specifically your lower back. So, but that, I talk about a way to do that. No sleeping position is just outright wrong. There's a way to do it and there's a way to avoid. And just by changing the positions of your hip a little bit, changing your leg angle, you can make any of these positions work.
0: Yeah, but you also talk about uh, the pillow, which some people mm-hmm. have these enormous pillows that can totally set your, your neck out of whack. I know sometimes when I'm sleeping at hotels, I wake up in the morning and just you know, in, in yeah. terrible pain right around the neck and a lot of times it'll be because I normally I'll try to sleep either on my back or on my side because that that feels the best for my neck and spine. Yeah. But every once in a while I'm sleeping uh, somewhere else, usually a hotel and they have that big pillow and I'll yeah. wake up like on my stomach with my head turned almost like all the way around in a horror movie and that's yeah. obviously not good, right? So what can you do to prevent that when you're kind of torqued in the wrong position?
1: Wow. it really boils down to the pillow. You know, you just said it, man. And you're kind of at the mercy unless you want to be one. I think, you know, there was like a, a great aunt of mine who would always bring her pillow whenever she would come to stay with us. <laughs> That's
0: so cute.
1: Now it makes sense. You know, it's yeah. like she she had it dialed in. She was sleeping smarter early on, you know, but um, it's just understanding like, hey, you're going to be at the mercy when you travel to these different, different pillows. And by the way, so what generally happens is like a pillow convention when you walk in with yeah, a lot of right. hotels. It's like. Seven pillows unnecessarily on the bed. So I just tend to find the one that works best and I'll roll with that. Or, yep. you know, what I do sometimes I find out during sleep is that I'm ending up on my side with my arm kind of being the impromptu pillow. Okay. You know, so for me, you know, when I travel and I go to the different you know hotels that I'm at, I will generally end up searching around to find the right pillow, the best one that they have in the mix. Or, you know, and I'll start off the night like that. And what I'll do is I'll tuck it under my under my neck a little bit mm-hmm. and create like a little bit of a, of a pushback under my neck and so that my head is like and you see what I'm saying? But there's pillows that are designed like that already. And one of them that I use is the Pillow, And it's kind of got it has that contour where it's supporting your neck and then your head is sitting in its little personal valley. And so I try to do that with those hotel pillows. Or you know, I'll, at some point in the night, I will just get rid of the pillow and I'll end up sleeping on my side with my arm. You know, and nice. same thing has happened with me too, man. We're waking up and you're like <laughs> on your belly with the arm, and you know, and your <laughs> head is turned around. You know, it's happened. But just by being aware of these different things, it doesn't happen uh, nearly right. as much as it used to. Where we're just kind of at the mercy of whatever hotel we're staying at. So yeah, it's a great. Exactly.
0: And I'm seeing that people are starting to pay more and more attention to sleep. I was even reading in a in recent article that there's a, a hoodie that you can buy now that has a built-in pillow <laughs> into like the hood part of it, which I thought was like the coolest thing. Because so many of us, I think it's just a symptom of the fact that we're all so sleep deprived. Right? right. People are really struggling to get it in there. So what are some of the, the tips that you can actually give to people to make this stuff happen? If they, I, everyone wants to sleep more, but what are some of the things that you found useful to actually, in your day-to-day life, make sure that you're getting seven, eight, nine, maybe even more hours of sleep every single night?
1: Awesome. Well, so it's really, again, it boils down to stacking the conditions in your favor. And in Sleep Smarter, there's 21 different strategies for making this happen, and then a bunch of pieces uh, imbued into those as well. So just find the things that work with you and do these. You don't have to do everything. Just do the things that work. One of the lowest-hanging fruits for people, and I know it'll be a low-hanging fruit for your audience as well, is exercise. Yeah. But the key here is exercise is clinically proven to help you sleep better if you do it at the right time. This is the key. So, according to the research, so there's a study done at Appalachian State University, and they took exercises and broke them up into three groups. Group A exercises seven a.m. Group B one p.m. Group C seven p.m. Mm-hmm. At the end of the study, they found that group A, the morning exercisers, spent up to 75% more time in the deepest, most anabolic stages of sleep. Wow. So just by working out in the morning, you're going to get better sleep at night. And this is the thing that I'm really trying to bring to the public consciousness is that a great night's sleep starts the the moment that you wake up in the morning. Yeah. A great night's sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. So by getting up and getting some exercise, you're going to help to set the template for great sleep at night. Here's why it works. And this is what is the difference with what I do, you know, with my show and in the book is saying, oh, well, that's great. Because some people is like, I just want to know the thing. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, well, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Why? Right. So what's happening is you're helping to set your circadian timing. Mm-hmm. Cortisol should naturally be elevated in the morning when you wake up. Yep. It's called a cortisol rhythm and it should gradually go down through the day and bottom out in the evening when melatonin is at its highest. Mm-hmm. And by getting up in the morning, some of us are what we call clinically tired and wired, right? Yeah. So- at night, they're actually physiologically tired, but their cortisol is elevated, so it's hard for them to sleep. They're wired. In the morning, it's, it, you, can, you can't even peel them off of the bed. Like It's mm-hmm. just so difficult to get out of bed. And so by getting up and doing some exercise, you're going to help to encourage your body to get back in a normal cycle of getting cortisol peaked in the morning. Right. And, and in essence, it's going to go down through the day. So that's essentially how it works. And there's some more pieces, but just to keep it simple. So that's the number one thing. Get some exercise in, in the morning.
0: Yeah. I, I can tell you I did that this morning. A lot of times... Even if you do get good sleep, sometimes you wake you wake up and you're not totally up. But I'll take you know a high intensity workout in the morning over a shot of espresso any day. The way that you feel after a workout in the morning is just so powerful. You can tell that your body really likes it. You know from, from nice. a when you look at your energy over the course of the day. I, I think one of the things that's so great about your book is that your you're making decisions on behalf of your future self, right? You're doing things so that you feel better tomorrow. Another thing you can do in the morning that you mentioned in the book is get some sun. Allow your eyes, allow that light to come into your eyes through the optical nerve as well as land on your skin. That can help you later on in the day. It might not feel like anything at the time, but that's what we're learning, right? Is that Science is showing that there is a huge effect of these tiny little things like grounding getting sunlight in your eyes. Imagine that, right? right. <laughs> getting some movement in the morning. <laughs> These things that are that we all sunlight. should be doing anyway. I'm glad right. that there's so much science that's really showing that. And also, you know, people tend to think about things the wrong way. They're just like, well, I'm going to start by getting up earlier so I can be more productive and then I'll be more sleepy at night. But in fact, you should be trying to go to bed early so that you can wake up earlier rested. What are some of the things you can do to kind of like preempt some of these problems so that you can actually make this change sustainable
1: yeah well really quick to piggyback on that with the sunlight yeah. your skin has photoreceptors as well this mm-hmm. is why we can tan or for some of us we can burn you know we can burn pretty easy and conan o'brien just snuck into in my mind for some reason <laughs> yeah. very pale skin he's got to be careful right. uh, but the sun is what allows us to have life on this planet and we, in the media we've been taught to kind of be afraid of it mm-hmm. you know of course there's a healthy way to go about all of this stuff it's essential to help to set your circadian timing so i cite research in the book showing how it helps to again encourage that normal cortisol secretion just getting access to sunlight so in the morning sunlight in particular and even on an overcast day it's making its way through and helping to set that timing so a lot of people are deficient radically because we live in uh these kind of we're desk jockeys man you know we're living these like these Uh, cubicle dungeons and we're not even by windows you know and so there's a way to go about this stuff even exposed those
0: beautiful windows behind you oh thank you man
1: (laughs) 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 you know and so the thing is there's a healthy way to go about this as well because just getting sunlight directly on your skin through a window might not be that advantageous because of the uva ubb issue which you know we we can get into a whole thing about that but i won't get into it here but just getting it into the room around you getting it in through your optical receptors like you mentioned is another important way and and one last thing with the exercise by the way guys this doesn't mean that you have to hit the gym in the morning or that you even have to do a full workout Mm -hmm. just do something you know for me for i did an experiment last year where i trained in the afternoon and doing that i saw some huge strength gains you know and it's it's seen, it's seen in the research, like, and I saw it, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to have impressive strength gains by training in the afternoon. Your, your body's just kind of warm. Everything's kind of warmed up and ready to go.
0: Yeah, and pain uh, tolerance um, is different in the afternoon.
1: Too. Yes, exactly. All of that, you know, and the thing was, uh, I was still doing some activity in the morning, five, ten minutes of something, you know, maybe I'm jumping on the rebounder, maybe I'm doing, like, you know, a power yoga, maybe I'm doing a, a quick power walk, yeah. you know, but I'm doing something to help to encourage that normal rhythm. And, by the way, there was some benefit seen with working out in the evening, but it has to be for you know about 4 hours before you go to bed so that your core body temperature has a, a time to come down gotcha. also cortisol has time to come down because mm-hmm. you're working out guess what cortisol's up melatonin's down mm-hmm. and so this really is something that kind of it, it really annoys me a lot you know yeah. i'm going to keep your pg but these 24 hour gyms man it's just like it's ridiculous right. you know they're marketing to people who are very unaware of the damage that they're doing to their body by being able to even go to the gym at midnight because they know, like, I've got to exercise to get in shape and damaging their entire hormone cycle, Mm -hmm. right? So, there's no way, number one, it's not just about going to bed early. Also, getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go run on a treadmill is not advantageous to your normal sleep cycle and you're going to hit a wall big time. So, please be aware. We want to get exercise in at smart times as well. So, and back to your original question of, you know, how do we stave off these issues? Mm-hmm. You know, it really takes a comprehensive comprehensive approach. And the first thing that we do in the book is really give people that insight of why does sleep even matter? Yeah. You know, and diving in deep and so that we have that very visceral thing. Because we all know, like everybody listening knows that sleep is important. But to actually know what's going on in my body and that, you know, even the exercise. So, there was research conducted by scientists at uh, University of California that found that sleep deprivation is the single biggest trigger for accelerated loss of your telomere length.
0: Wow! Right? So if you so, want to get old fast, don't sleep. Yes.
1: Exactly, man. You know, and this is something where in college, for example, like we'll just bypass the whole system, you know, right. and we don't understand that. Where you're radically, you can quote get away with it. And people are like, man, when I was in college, I could eat this, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I can get away with it. Whereas today, like if you try to pull that stuff, you know, you'll be in a coma for a month. You know? <laughs> right. So it's just understanding you're shortening your telomere length when you're doing that stuff in college and accelerating the time that, when you, that you won't be able to do stuff. For so many people in their 20s, able, and I, know, I was one of them.
0: Yeah, it just always. hits you
1: out of nowhere. Like, you know, and this, I'm not talking about people in their 80s and 90s that everything kind of slows down. All of a sudden, in your early to mid-20s, and especially people in their 30s, it's just you hit this huge wall that it doesn't have to be like that if you start to honor your sleep. Yeah. And so getting educated on the important benefits, the potential problems is a really big part of this equation. So I really encourage everybody to do that. But it has to be fun, man, because, again, right. sleep isn't necessarily a sexy topic unless you can make it sexy. And I think I do that a little bit. You know? I, I think
0: you do. If anyone can do it, it's you, Sean. <laughs> now, with, I do get I get tons of questions about this and I want to make sure we ask it. Before we go, because there are a lot of people who listen, they're just like, I get it. Sleep's important, but I have shift work. It's just the yes. job that I have, I have to work through the night. What do I do? So do you have any advice for, for folks who are in that position?
1: Get a new job. <laughs> I got to keep it 100. Yeah. I've got to keep it real. If you can. Now, I'm, I'm being a little bit funny, you know, with this, but sure. uh, first of all, I honor you and appreciate you for doing The work to support your family and support the community by working overnight. I truly do understand that. And I, a little side story. I worked at (laughs) when I was in college. I worked at a casino, so my shift would start like two thirty in the morning, like something crazy, right? Yeah. And I was in this position called hard count. I was a hard count manager, and we basically had to count all the coins in the casino every day. Wow. Pull these buckets might be fifty. Yeah, man. It was. Man, I, let me not even get into it, it's crazy, man. And so and when you come out of work, you're like sparkling like one of those vampires in uh, Twilight, you know, like you got all this dust, you know, this coin dust. Anyways, so I truly understand that and I appreciate you. And I've worked with, as I mentioned, so many different nurses. And I just had an incredible guy uh, message me who's been following my work for a long time. Uh, yes. His name is John Kim out there on the interwebs and he just started his residency and so he's gonna be an md out helping the world but when he started off he wasn't doing well Mm -hmm. until he kind of and the same thing happens a lot with people find your show and he transformed his health you know he got his sleep dialed in Mm -hmm. and it changed the game for him you know and so i know a lot of people who've been working overnight and working crazy shifts and the suffering that it causes so here's the big thing let me just come right out and say it so the world health organization has actually classified shift work over working overnight as a class 2a carcinogen right? so a carcinogen is a cancer causing agent right this is known this is a well-known thing and why is that well again this is the you get from me it's not just oh it is this is why this happens well melatonin just might be likely is our most powerful endogenous anti-cancer hormone that we produce it's not just about sleep that's how powerful it is and if you're suppressing melatonin by not honoring your body's cycle your body's clock you know your built-in circadian timing you can really screw up the system and you're going to radically see an increase incidence of of cancer in particular right. in a nurse's study that i cited in the book breast cancer mm-hmm. it was like more than 50 percent higher rates of breast cancer in nurses who worked overnight right in the story so what what can we do about this if this is something where you're working overnight is because you're telling yourself I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not about I have this passion to help serve, which I'm gonna talk about in a minute, but it's just like it's the only job I can get. I promise you it's not. Yeah. If this is like uh, I have to do this to support my family, I promise you there's something else you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, so seek out another form of employment if you if you really want to be a master at this stuff. Mm-hmm. For those who are serving, you know, firefighters, police officers, our health professionals, whew, this is this is tough. I mean, you guys are doing an incredible service for our society and we need you. I think that it's really up to us as society and pushing, especially like with your work able, pushing this stuff to the public at large so that management, you know, so people who make decisions are doing this stuff a little bit differently. And so yeah. I actually give a recommendation on a strategy in the book of doing this in cycles because again, your body can really clean up the mess pretty well if given the amount of time. So maybe instead of somebody not having seniority, thus you got to work five years overnight. Mm-hmm. We do a cycle of, you know, two months on, 10 months off. Right. You know, so that your body has time to be normal and to heal from that damage because yeah. trust and believe there is a lot of damage going on when you're not sleeping at night.
0: Right. Blue death. Have you heard of this phenomenon? Especially when, when you look at police officers and, and, and firefighters who are yeah. sleep deprived for so long all of a sudden they retire and then their death rate Skyrockets. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, all of that borrowed time comes back upon you.
1: Oh, yeah. You just said it. And also looking at the decision making factor. You know, I mentioned earlier about uh, the physician study. Mm -hmm. So there's radical increases in poor food choices, Mm -hmm. which lead to, you know, and police officers in one study that I cited, uh, higher cholesterol, which is the bad kind of cholesterol, (laughs) you know, but um, higher rates of heart disease, higher rates of obesity and diabetes seen in the population of police officers who are working overnight higher rates of accidents mm-hmm. okay and accidental accidental deaths this is well known if you look at the research you know mm-hmm. but a lot of people are just aren't privy to that type of data yeah. and you know it's really just important to understand like there is another way there's another way for us to go about this to honor our sleep cycles a little bit better especially in those positions that are in places where you know they have these so-called have to work overnight look at reassessing your life structure if that's really the case. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, if it is your job and you're here to serve, there's a better way to do it. And the last thing I'll say on this is stack every other condition in your favor. Yeah. You know, every other condition in your favor. So when you do go home to get your sleep, get your room like, a, like the bat cave. Like it's right. super dark yeah. and get, it, get the blackout curtains, get all the electronic devices out of your room. Mm-hmm. By the way, people with the television in their room, according to the research, have 50% less sex. All right? Wow. do throw it out there. And of course, there's always like two people that are like, I don't think so. You know, we're doing it while we watch TV. You know, I get (laughs) that. You know, I've been there. But the thing is overall, you know, on average, people are having about 50% less sex because it's a distraction. And your sleep is going to be totally screwed up if you're watching television right before you go to bed. And also in the research has found that, uh, in particular, so women who have a poor night's sleep the next day, they're fourteen percent less likely to be interested in sex. Hmm. So I bring along these little fun factors, you yeah. know, to help people, but to make sleep yeah. sexy again. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly. what you're doing. <laughs> and so, just understand, stack the conditions in your favor. Do everything else that you can. You know, make sure that you're uh, black- blacking your room out, utilizing the magnesium that I talk about in the book, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that you're getting your sleep nutrition. Dude, this chapter was the most important, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and and fun chapter to write uh, for overall health and, and kind of the public consciousness when I talk about sleep and gut health.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Sleep and food, sleep and nutrition. There are actually compounds in food that can help you sleep better at night. Yeah. It's like, what shock? But then yeah. there's this whole science called nutrigenomics as well that's started to blossom that looks at how the food that you eat literally changes what's going on with your genetic expression. So it all that's makes sense.
0: So cool. Things are getting better. Well, Sean, you are Fantastic guy. I love your message. I love your podcast. Now you have a great book. Please tell folks who are listening where they can find you and what you're working on next.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, Abel. You're a light in this field, man. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, so people can check me out. So my show is The Model Health Show. And I'm in the same place that Abel. You're going to find Abel. I'll be right there. And you could add me to your to your repertoire. Um, my shows, we really look to making each show. It's kind of the definitive guide on its sub- subject matter. So me being in clinical practice for so many years and seeing you know upwards of a 89% reversal rate for type 2 diabetes in the clinic, seeing such a tremendous rate of reversal of heart disease and yeah. getting people out their statins and lisinoprils and you know, all that stuff. And so uh, we give the most valuable information so that it's like click play and you learn how the disease works and how to reverse it. And so you can check me out there, The Model Health Show, or online, themodelhealthshow.com. And I do... Some videos there as well, and some uh, pretty epic articles, but most importantly, head over to sleepsmarterbook.com and grab your copy of Sleep Smarter. It's really becoming a national phenomenon. It's gonna be, actually, I just got a text right now from my literary agent saying that uh, there's a French offer, so it's getting translated into French soon as well. Nice. So look for that, uh, Also, it's gonna be translated into Japanese and Italian, but so international is coming very, very soon. So yeah, check it out, sleepsmarterbook.com, or of course, anywhere that you buy books. Head over to the bookstore now, get a copy there, order one online, give it to a friend, and help get the word out. And again, man, I appreciate you so much. And everybody, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your life today. And uh, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And Sleep Smarter, I know, is going to transform your health in ways that you know I can't even describe in words. So,
0: Sean, you're awesome. You're a wealth of knowledge. Please, everyone who's listening, Check out the Model Health Show. Check out Sleep Smarter. You're uh, bringing so much to this field. You're totally cutting edge. And I love working alongside you, man. It's it's just such an honor. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Sean. I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Abel. Thanks again for listening to Fat-Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out FatBurningTribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat-Burning Man. If you liked it, Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan, and Facebook by typing in Abel James or Fat-Burning Man. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat-Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in FatBurningMan.com. I'll give you a second to type it in. Fat. And you'll get all the show notes and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat-Burning Man. Better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.